going on guys it's your boy matt st jack whether you're an avid anime fan a wee tadpole still finding your way or anywhere in between i'll be providing my opinions and insights on anime old and new think yelp with help from friends and producers from other shows weighing in i know you can't wait to hear and i can't wait to tell so let's get to it this is matt st jack with anime talk let's go I'm Bo Maddox. I'm Robert Ortegon. And this is Collateral Cinema. Welcome to Collateral Cinema, the only movie podcast that matters, where we focus on good movies, bad movies, and everything else in between in the world of cinema. We're podcasting straight from somewhere in South Texas, and yes, my friends, we are a 420-friendly podcast. So whatever you have, be it dabs, blunts, bongs, or joints, smoke it if you've got it, my friends. And welcome to another disturbing movie review on Collateral Cinema. (laughs) And oh, wow, do we have a movie for y'all. Ain't that right, Robert? Yeah, Pink Flamingos. Pink Flamingos. I'll be damned, man. Yep, the classic 1972 John Waters underground masterpiece of absolute transgressive trash cinema. This movie stars Divine. It stars David Lockery, Mary Vivian Pierce, Mink Stoll, Danny Mills, Edith Massey. It's... Cookie Muller. It's it's just a who's who of the uh, the Dreamlanders, which was a uh, an an acting troupe that John Waters kind of uh, coalesced around himself because he was he was making uh, like small independent movies like pretty much uh, pretty much since like the late sixties, early seventies, you know. Yeah, m- mostly shorts, right? Yeah, yeah, mostly short movies, and then he finally did a feature, which was. Quite quite crazy because he was on a university campus and they did a scene with a naked actor that was not sanctioned or anything, you know. So, as you would imagine, that would cause some uh, chaos and everything. But yeah, it's directed by John Waters, who, I mean, talk about the personification of everything that is just so awesome, weird, and just even calamitous about uh, independent cinema, right? Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Now, Robert, is this the first time you've ever actually uh, encountered any of John Waters' uh, movies? I think that you know about Crybaby, right? Yeah, I've seen Crybaby with uh, Johnny Depp, right? Yeah, and th- that's a very classic movie that very much plays into a lot of the uh, themes that... Uh, that John Waters really likes to throw into his movies. A lot of, you know, Americana. Yeah. Lots of really campy, kitschy stuff, you know. Feels like, yeah, the coming of the coming of America, the coming of age story, you know. Yeah, in many yeah. ways, yeah. It's like this was coming out at a time where America was kind of kind of in a little bit of a post-adolescent haze as, as far as, you know, like the boomers were concerned and everything. Yeah. 
you know, I mean, th- this was where the official counterculture of the 70s really started to uh, pop off. And a lot of it was really spearheaded by, you know, uh, more queer artists and everything in, in film, in music and, and uh, on, on stage and everything. You know, like like around that time, that was when, you know, disco started to become a thing. You know, that was very much spearheaded by uh, by queer artists and artists of color and everything. Yeah. And in, in movies, you had uh, people like John Waters, who, I mean, he, he really has an interesting eye for cinema, you know, like j- j- just a real interesting way of composing shots, you know, and of, you know, actually filming his actors that's really kind of engaging, right? Yeah, pretty much films his actors in the moment. I mean, that's how, so. that's how we do our best work, right, in the moment when... Uh, Really, nobody's looking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like, like I said earlier, he, John Waters, early on, he uh, first found Divine. Who? Oh, let me let's talk about Divine. This this was a uh, he was a very interesting person. Uh, his uh, stage name, I believe, was Harris Glenn Milstead. If, if you listen closely in this movie, you'll hear the name Glenn Milstead come up. I believe somewhere. Uh, or it was in a deleted scene, I think, maybe. And they were... He, she, he was a very interesting uh, character. Like, I mean, they pretty much devised this uh, divine character early on in movies like uh, Multiple Maniacs and uh, Female Troubles and everything. That That's where we really... Uh, kind of got uh, Divine as a character, you know, really ostentatious, not afraid to really uh, yeah. go go out there and just do some really crazy shit. It was mainly shorts, yeah. Yeah, started with shorts and then into, into features. And, you know, most all of these were movies that would normally have been shown in, you know, like more grindhouse type of, uh, you know, kind of even porno theaters and everything. New York. New York, yeah, 70s. yeah, yeah. Forty uh, Second Street, right? <laughs> yeah, De Niro's Taxi Driver. <laughs> oh, I know, right? So just going up into the porn theaters, it's like do that whole night owl thing the way he did. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I honestly, not not necessarily adult uh, theaters, but twenty four seven grindhouse theaters need to make a comeback, man. We we need us night owls need to have a place where we can go, and it's in public. It's it's our space and everything. We can just go watch movies in a theater setting. You know, I there mean, we go. Old New York. That'd, that'd be a reason for going there, right? Exactly. Right. Like just relive that old nostalgia and get a slice of pizza, <laughs> get a slice, and then maybe drive a cab. You know, <laughs> drive a cab <laughs> or be a driver. Right. Just be a driver. Bro. Be we the got, driver. We got Ubers now. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's cheaper. Exactly. I don't know. Although this is a uh, not really. Uh, this movie doesn't really take place in uh, New York, though. It's, no. it's actually in Maryland. It's, it's Maryland. actually around Baltimore, because uh, that—that's where uh, John Waters was actually grew up and everything. That's uh, that, that's where he found Divine, and uh, yeah, yeah, Divine's. I mean, as, as far as being an actor and everything, I mean, th- this character that they created. I mean, it just so uh, like sure of himself, like sh- so. Uh, like so upfront, you know, and just not not afraid to just be, you know, just be the center of attention and everything, you know, because 
And, and, and I mean, that's exactly why they uh, created uh, her look the way that they did. I mean, that, that it, it was kind of like, uh, I, I think they said that it was uh, something between Jane Mansfield and uh, like uh, Bozo the Clown or something <laughs> like that. Bozo. You know, because, yeah, I mean, there is something kind of clownish about uh, Divine's makeup in this movie. It, it does kind of evoke old time uh, clowns a little bit. I was right? thinking like uh, what a uh, kiss makeup with like Cesar Romero paint. I don't know. <laughs> with Cesar Romero paint. <laughs> the Joker, dude. Holy shit, bro. That That's hilarious, honestly. I don't know. But yeah, definitely freaking like Gene Simmons' face. I don't know. Yeah, almost Kabuki-ish, right? There you go, Kabuki. Yeah, a little bit. And, and then you also have uh, her hairstyle, which is this kind of interesting, like half, uh, half shaved, half long uh, look and everything. I mean, it, it's a very iconic look. I mean, if you if you look on the uh, front of the DVD cover cover or on the uh, most popular uh, movie poster. Yeah. It's like you have that stark image of Divine in that red dress holding that gun and with her hand on her hip, like from the uh, final scene of this movie. I mean... Actually, yeah, watching this movie can, like, almost be mistaken for, like, uh, a trauma film, right? It, it really can. You know, I mean, I think that by this point, Troma was just kind of rumbling in the yeah. New York, New Jersey area. And Honestly, I'm almost thinking Lloyd Kaufman, too. Yeah, it's like, I mean, I, I, I don't really know. I don't really think that John Waters and Lloyd Kaufman really ran in the same circles, obviously. I mean, they were in different states and everything. But yeah, yeah I get what you're saying, though. It's like this kind of has that kind of transgressive vibe where, you know, they're just going to really show something like in, in this case, they're going to show chicken fucking. Yeah. And in, in uh, Troma's case, you're going to show, you know, kids heads being run over by cars, you know, as, as they do. Yeah. Kind of like a uh, redneck zombies or. Uh, oh, redneck zombies. Yeah. Or that. Uh, what was it? Uh, I don't know. That freaks thing. Oh, blood sucking freaks! Blood sucking freaks! Yeah, even though blood sucking freaks wasn't yeah. technically made by Lloyd Kaufman, no, it wasn't. That was that was actually distributed by he, him. He but, did a yeah, it was distributed by Troma. But I, I get what you mean there. There, that that's kind of uh, coming from the same uh, transgressive uh, theater uh, tradition as exactly. John Waters does. It feels the same, right? Like it, it really does. It has that sleazy quality. There's a little bit of gore here and there. Although I would say that this movie is a lot funnier and, yeah. you know, maybe even le a little less mean-spirited than Bloodsucking Freaks. Yeah, I believe, I believe all that stuff, dude, is a, is a reason for just staying up all night, though, you know? Like, it really is. I mean, th this uh, is the original midnight movie, yeah. you know? I mean, th I mean, this was actually uh, kind of coming up when midnight movies were originally created, you know? like. Yeah. Like, just have double features starting at midnight and everything. Like, like, this is where you would see movies like Rocky Horror Picture Show or Eraserhead or, you know, Pink Flamingos yeah. and, and whatnot, you know? Shows what, uh, well, like, I don't know, man. Like, teenage youth back then, dude, the, the thing was going back then, going to the drive-in and, and watching a movie. Right? Exactly. And just, uh, I think they waited. Well, I, I doubt that this would have been shown at many drive throughs This would have been shown in grind, Grindhouse cinemas. Pretty sure this was first aired in New York, right? Yeah. Like. 
I, I think it was aired, aired in Maryland. You know, Maryland, I think Maryland at that time, I, I think it had yeah, a... Uh, but didn't really get a distributor audience until it went to New York, right, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they showed it in, in their hometown state. I mean... Yeah, it was show it was shown in a small theater who was very receptive to it. I mean, they they actually lauded this movie with a lot of praise. Uh, the, the more uh, the more mainstream trailer that was made for this actually has a bunch of uh, theater goers coming out after the movie and just getting their reaction, and yeah. they they were overwhelmingly positive. Yeah, that was a genuine reaction for like s somebody coming out of the theater. I like seeing that reaction. It really is, and it was yeah. kind of cool that uh, movie trailers from time to time would do that. I mean, they, they did that all the way up to about the uh, early 2000s, and nowadays you... Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes you don't really see that uh, that often, you know? Maybe yeah. you'll have the occasional horror movie that'll have that. Yeah, but even coming out of Michael Keaton's Batman, everybody was blown away, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like, wow, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean... The characters in this movie, I mean, we're, we started off with Divine, but let's go on to uh, her uh, posse, which for one has her mom played by uh, Edith Massey, who plays Edie, and she's this, uh, this mentally ill or many, mentally impaired person living in a uh, baby crib, in, in, a, in a baby crib and everything, or a playpen as it were. And she just, she, she's, I mean, always in just, uh, just her underwear and everything. And she's just constantly eating eggs. And I'm just like, ugh, oh my God. It's like, it's so fucked up. They have this woman eating a bunch of eggs. Then later on we have, uh, we have the uh, character, yeah, we have the character Crackers. Crackers. You know, and he's he uh, undergoes a very, very graphic uh, and violent and not vegan at all uh, chicken fucking scene, as it were. I mean, Robert, what did you think the first time you saw that? Uh, I just kept thinking uh, Paul Newman's movie. Fucking cool, oh. cool hand, Luke. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, I, you're, yeah, you're talking about Ethan Massey. I'm talking about the chicken fucking scene. The chicken fucking scene. Yeah, that whole debauchery. I just kept thinking, uh, like Lloyd Kaufman's uh, Poultry Guys. <laughs> I know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some messed up shit in that movie as well. Oh, like there was a lot of chicken shit in there. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, we actually have a lost commentary that uh, we did for that. That I think I think it's lost now. It uh, yeah. got murked in our uh, one of our malware attacks. It was like the first time I showed y'all like poultry guys, you and Ash. Oh yeah, it was the first time. So yeah, so, we, we got to do that movie again. Watching y'all's general reactions and dude, it was fucking hilarious. Especially <laughs> watching Ash's genuine reaction. Oh my god, <laughs> I can't believe we didn't release that. It was like, dude, it. what the fuck is this? Yeah, yeah. Th this movie elicits many of the same feelings, you know. Yeah. Discomfort and you know just like depravity. I was and not, but seeing that scene, it was like incestual, like sex with with a chicken in the middle. I'm like, I feel bad for the chicken, really. No, yeah, I'm, like, I'm pretty sure those real chickens that they were, uh, that they were actually killed in that scene, <laughs> which is kind of which is not cool by Dude, me, yeah. you know. Oh my and God. John Waters kind of. It's kind of bullshit, the justification that he gives for it, yeah. personally. But, I mean, it, it, it's meant to just kind of show that Crackers is just completely off his rocker. I mean, he's, uh, he's Divine's son in this movie. 
And uh, apparently, you know, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree here, you know, because he is just as depraved as his mom, you know. I mean, he, he, and, and apparently their uh, Cotton, their uh, traveling companion, played by Mary Vivian Pierce, she, she, she's totally cucked, man. She totally likes to watch him do all this depraved shit with random women that they bring in. And I'm sure probably they probably kill him, I'd imagine. I imagine homicide is a part of that and everything. And, it, and another thing is, it is kind of fucked up how, the, you know, meat is kind of a motif here. Like, we're, we're watching the movie right now, and Divine is about to just totally stick a uh, piece of raw meat up her taint. And it's just like, oh, my God, that's so disgusting. Jesus Christ, man. But, yeah, I mean, Cotton and Crackers, they, they have this very strange relationship that uh, kind of, uh, it, it's sexual, but, you know, th it doesn't feel like they actually have sex with each other, you it's know? Mostly Tarantino foot stuff. Or... No, no, that's the other couple. Oh, that's, who that's the that, team, that, no, that's, uh, no, that's uh, Connie and uh, Raymond Marbles. That's, uh, oh, that, yeah. We'll talk about them here in a second. The but, team, team Rocket bunch. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into them here in a little bit. Uh, but yeah, Cotton and Crackers, like I said, they have this weird codependent kind of kinky relationship, but I don't feel like they actually have sex with each other in any way. I, it doesn't feel like it any, anyhow. So it just kind of feels like, you know, she, she, she likes to watch those guys, you know? Right, Robert? I just I, like to watch. I just like to watch you guys. Well, I just I just like watching porn, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. Th this is very far from porn, Robert. Yeah, well, people rather have sex. I mean, people. I mean, should I go continue? <laughs> I don't know, Robert. Where are you going with this? I'd rather watch porn than have sex most of the time. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that uh, that's probably the majority of people on the internet. So that that's yeah. not a, that's not a very controversial statement. Yeah. Today. Now that I think about it, I, we need to go to New York and time travel through the seventies. <laughs> just so you can find a skeevy porn theater and, yeah, uh, and then go just, get your rocks off every night. And then just masturbate in the corner and. Well, I'll just pull a, a full on Paul Rubens, huh? Yeah, I get my coffee. I can get my juju beans. You know, like, <laughs> you know, a, a thing of popcorn if I need it. Did, did they actually sell concessions in those places? <laughs> did they actually do that? Did they actually sell popcorn at the porn theater? I mean, oh, Terminator Three: Risen Machine is cool. Oh, um, hell yeah. hell yeah! But yeah, I mean, I just imagine doing what Robert De Niro did in Taxi Driver. You know, <laughs> just <laughs> take, take your date to a porn theater. Yeah, and then watching the Taxi uh, series, it's like, why not become cab drivers, dude? Yeah, why why not become uh, Andy Kaufman? There you go. Hell yeah. Hey, Tony, Tony Danza, you know. <laughs> where, where is this episode going? I don't know. I we started with Pink Flamingos. We started we? with porn theaters and Pink Flamingos. Porn in, theaters in and Pink Flamingos. And, I and, think it's and probably just going to lead us to New York. Maybe. <laughs> but, it's, but it's made in Maryland. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. How, how does it lead to New York when it's made in Maryland? The fact that the porn theater... Should, should, shouldn't it just be a porn theater in Baltimore? It's like, oh, God, what were porn theaters like in Baltimore in the 70s? It's like... Looking like powder, I don't know, with no sun. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Sorry. But, but, but <laughs> anyway, yeah, Connie and Raymond Marbles, they are the antagonists of this movie. And uh, they are kind of a piece of work themselves. You know, they are the aforementioned Team Rocket blasting off at the speed of light, you know. 
Yeah. Surrender now. Prepare to fight. They're just missing Meowth. Yeah, Meowth. That's right. No, no. Yeah, I, that's is, right. I think Channing is Meowth. Meowth. <laughs> Channing, the uh, their their butler. It's the Warriors game, bro. Oh, that's what we were talking about. Sorry. Oh yeah, I, I have a game sack going, and I guess we have the Warriors video yeah, game. Yeah, we're nostalgia tripping off old games, really. Yeah, too. but we're supposed to be talking about Pink Flamingos, Robert. The movie's over there. Watch, I, watch think, the movie. I, think, I think we're just still nostalgia tripping. Though, yeah, you know? but Raymond Marbles, he is a absolute degenerate who loves to uh, loves to show his dick with a uh, yeah. Right here, we're at a scene right now. He has his dick with a uh, with a fucking sausage attached to it. He's wearing a mask and he just shows it at these uh, at these two random women. So yeah, we have uh, we have uh, sex crimes happening. And then Tom Green was born. Oh man, it, 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 <laughs> this is that that's something that we should get into here after we talk about the characters is how much th- this and Freddie got fingered has has a little bit of a lineage. You know, there's a kind of a direct lineage between those two movies, but. Yeah, Raymond Marbles, he he is a complete degenerate and uh he he's got a very very interesting way in how he speaks, you know? Like I mean everybody in this movie has this very like it, it's total overacting, but it's almost like Shakespearean overacting in a way. I mean there, there's moments where where it's just total trash dialogue and you you're just like I mean, it's beauty. It's almost like a work of beauty, man. It's beautiful. Yeah. You can tell some of these actors are, they take their craft seriously, almost uh, like Shakespearean, like a trained uh, Shakespearean actor, almost. Absolutely. Like You can tell. It's like they remember dialogue. They know like the whole play in their head. I like to think that it's also because of the uh, camaraderie that the Dreamlanders had with uh, John Waters, that, you know, Waters was actually able to get those types of... Uh, of uh, performances off of these uh, actors and actresses. Oh, yeah. You know? It's very much a collaborative effort, I feel. Yeah, pretty much like a, a family, like what John Carpenter did with his team, you know? Exactly, yeah. I mean, or even the uh, some of the group of actors that you would see in uh, trauma movies. Mostly uh, John Carpenter's family. They were just trying to get a job. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's just selling a movie, really. I mean, and then it turned into a whole family thing. I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis couldn't even get a film, like, right after Halloween. He brought her back for, like... For The Fog. Yeah, he brought her back for The Fog. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he brought her back for The Fog, and, she, yeah, she's awesome in that fucking movie. She, she was saying, like, yeah, nobody wanted to cast me until you had a part ready for me again in, in The Fog. Exactly, but, uh, yeah. But, yeah, we see a lot of, like, her indie stuff with, like... Uh, well, what is it, prom night, and then, like, you know, road games, which is, like, a hitchhiker thing, a serial, yeah. serial thing. Yeah. I don't know, Terror Train, too? I don't know. But, yeah, it is very similar how uh, how John Water- John Waters was able to, you know, coalesce this uh, group of interesting people who uh, was able to really, you know, really do what he wanted them to do, you know? And uh, uh, David Lockery, he was one of those. That's uh, Raymond Marbles. And uh, Mink Stoll plays uh, Connie Marbles. Then she's uh, the uh, illustrious wife of uh, Raymond Marbles, who herself is a very, very uh, kind of mousy lady, but in a very nasty kind of just gross manner, you know? Yeah. 
just really, really just upfront and gross and just disgusting with people. Yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing what they did, man. And uh, we need a team. We need we need our yeah. we need our family to grow too. Yeah, actually. yeah. We we need a team of actors not in like this, you know. We need like a family to grow within, like a cast and a crew that we can kind of within our work industry. with, and, yeah. yeah, and collaborate with. Yeah. Just build a family base. Really, that's all it is. And come up with some great movies. Yep. But yeah, yeah. But especially if you find people like Mary Vivian Pierce or Mink Stoll or or David Lockery, you know, I mean, people who are, you know, they they have chops, you know, they're they're yeah. able to actually, you know, cut through, you know, all of the craziness of a movie like this yeah. and everything. Even if it's just a short, man, everything starts somewhere, right? Absolutely. Shit, a yeah. short will turn into a movie, maybe turn into a series. You never know. Where, yeah, yep, where, short will, where a short will take you, right? Yep, exactly. Yeah, but Raymond and Connie Marbles, they, like I said, they are the antagonists of this movie, and the, the whole crux is that they're challenging Divine's status as the filthiest person alive because they want to be seen as the filthiest people alive. And, and what, what was it that they were running that uh, made them so filthy? I believe that they had a... Uh, uh, they had a, a human trafficking ring that was also a baby trafficking ring because uh, they had Channing, their butler, actually uh, forcibly impregnate these uh, women and then take their babies and sell them to sell them to lesbians. Yeah, like because yeah, as you do. The hills and then basically have the hills of eyes going down there. Practically, yeah. yeah. And and then uh, they put that money towards uh, other business interests like uh, pornography and also pushing heroin onto elementary ch- age children, you know? As you do, right? As you as you have to do. As normal people do. As day. normal people who are completely productive members of society would do, right? Society is built off of that, I guess. Yeah, I mean, we live in a society, right? And I, I I feel like in many ways this movie is the epitome of that whole thing. We live in a society. It's like, yep, th- here you are. Here's society right here. That is very true. That is absolutely positively true. But. <laughs> yeah, we just, we just say that a lot. It's so stupid. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> God damn it. it you know, it's like, it's like gang weed. Gang, uh, Joker slonks the gang weed. But. Anywho, yeah, Raymond and Cotton Marbles, they have a very interesting relationship between them, right? Like, I mean, we see some of their uh, alone time with each other, and it involves lots of feet. Lots of Tarantino-ness. Lots of Tarantino toe-sucking, right? Yeah, I thought, Jesus Christ, where are we going here with the... And I I do have to say that scene is quite memorable because of their absolute overacting, just the way that they're just like... Totally trying to sell that these are two people that are incredibly just in love with each other, even though they're absolute degenerate pieces of shit. Oh, no, we're at the chicken fucking scene. Oh, God. Oh, no. Yeah, we have the movie playing, and yeah, no, these poor chickens. But hey, it's all right, John, because you ate them afterwards, right? Right, right, John? You, You ate them afterwards, right? God damn it. But anyway, I mean, yeah, so so Raymond and Connie Marbles are trying to become the filthiest people alive, and they start their war with uh, Divine with uh, sending her a turd on her birthday. Which, I mean, honestly, Divine and her family take full offense to that. Full-on offense, right? Like, and, and it's funny, they, they send it in a package that says to Divine a trailer in Phoenix, Maryland. And then it's just like, 
And she's like, oh, mom, it's a turd. It's a turd. Like, even even Edie is just like, oh, no, Bad's a turd. Not a turd. Oh, no. They're, they're acting like it's practically like they're 9-11. You know? I mean, it's just that fu- fucked up to them. And, and honestly, Divine's a moment where she's just pissed and she's saying, like, nah like that that is a classic moment in this movie like where she, where she's like the divinity of this home has been has been impugned or something like that and then she just declares war on the on the uh on the marbles you know i mean and and the thing with the with the whole chicken scene is that cookie is actually an informant for the marbles and that's how they find out where she's at is because of cookie so that that's the whole crux right there and needless to say, it, it doesn't really end well for the marbles because, I mean, after burning down Babs's uh, house, they, uh, they're, they're captured by, uh, after having their house defiled, they're captured by Divine and her crew, and then, uh, then they're summarily executed. Damn it. It's just what happens, you know, when you're living the drag queen life, you know? Really, you think that this is the drag queen life, Robert? I don't know. It's like a carny life. It's a. I don't think. I, I think we need to add, add ask some actual drag queens before we go a, and say stuff like that. It Robert. was a twisted sister life, mixed mix, mix with a lot of other things. Twisted you know? sister. Oh my god. Like I believe that there's there's like a power plant from Troma right there. I don't know. There's possibly a power plant for Troma. Hey, yeah. you know what? The drag queens at Tromaville are awesome. I dude. know. It's all great. <laughs> it's all good. There are awesome drag queens I in Tromaville. I wish I could live in a, in a universe like that. Like, damn. I know. Just nothing but Cretans yeah. and drag queens and, and monsters. Exactly, and dude. It'd be awesome. I'd be like, dude, this is cool. So basically New Jersey? Yeah. So we should, we should just go to New Jersey? Probably have to turn pie get rid- <laughs> I don't know. It's either New Jersey or Baltimore, Maryland. You know, yeah, according to this movie, let's go to Jersey. We can get some pizza. (laughs) Oh my god, and get some slice, get get some Sicilian slice or something like that. Slice, get a fucking slice. Forget about it. Forget Uh about it. Forget, (laughs) forget about it. Hey, forget about it. Hello, moviegoers. This is Mr. J speaking to you for Dreamland Studios. This beautiful mobile home you see before you is the current hideout of the notorious beauty divine, the filthiest person alive. Well, if you want to sing out, sing out. And if you want to be free, be free. Because there's a million things to be, you know that there are. And if you want to live high, live high. And if you want to live low, live low. Cause there's a million ways to go You know that there are You can do what you want The opportunities are And if you find a new way You can do it today You can make it all true And you can make it undo You see It's easy Ah, You only need to know And if you want to be me, be me And if you want to be you, be you Cause there's a million things to do You know that there are, you know that there are You know that there are, you know that there are 
to receive into your community the filthiest people alive. But yeah, that 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 final scene where uh, Divine and family uh, puts the marbles on trial and executes them. What a fucking master class in just pacing and writing and everything, you know? Like, I mean, they, they, they've had, I mean, this is how they meet out their justice, you know? They, they, they pretty much just do a full-on kangaroo court, and they make it clear to the reporters, they have reporters show up to this from tabloids, they make it clear to the reporters, like, no, this is not a murder, this is a kangaroo court. This is different. This is mob justice right here. So they put him on trial. They, it's totally a kangaroo court. They set him up. They tar and feather them, and then Divine shoots them. And what was it that Divine said, you know, what her politics was? Like, it's pretty much like, kill everyone or something like that. That, that. that was her politics? Yeah, it was definitely a, a televised execution. It wasn't televised, but it was yeah. definitely recorded by the media. They were recording it. Was it, that it was, live? Was that live? It wasn't live. It no, was a, they, it was a pre th th Those were uh, newspaper reporters, tabloid repo reporters. So it was all pre-recorded then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were uh, they were at least getting it on uh, on a dictaphone or whatever. They got a ex know? execution. I'm pretty sure yeah, there was cameras there. Yeah. yeah. And th and there's some other crazy scenes involving the marbles. Like they uh, they send uh, some cops over to Babs's. Uh, birthday party and uh, the cops are mauled and murdered and cannibalized so Ooh, yeah. so yeah we, we have full-on cannibalism in this murder now not to mention straight up like uh human trafficking and uh and uh coprophagia and uh and bestiality i guess yeah, it turns into george romero for a second with the Cannibal Holocaust too, and like, oh my god, yeah, almost Diodato style. Yeah, I was like, but the thing is, it's so obviously like fucking cow bones and shit. Yeah, it's like it's, we got a giallo here for a second. Yeah, let's talk <laughs> about that fucking birthday party though. There's some very memorable moments in that birthday party, right? Mm -hmm. Interesting. First of all, are the gifts that uh, Divine gets. First, she receives a uh, she receives a, a paper towel full of puke. So it's like. Apparently, uh, a box of a turd is an insult to her, but a pile of puke on a on a uh, bounty uh, a piece of piece of bounty. It's a it's paper rubber towel. It's rubber puke. It, 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 it was rubber puke. No, that looked like real puke. I think I, I would not be surprised if that was just straight up real puke. Rubber puke looks real. <laughs> no, that had to be real puke. It's be I rubber. would not be surprised if John Waters himself didn't puke on a fucking bounty paper towel Actually, and just give it to her. Rubber puke does look good. It does look like real puke. Spencer's used to sell that shit too. Yeah. yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. And then she gets a pig's head, which, once again, not vegan. There, there's so much more nasty meat-related shit in this movie. Yeah, don't. Yeah, you keep smiling, Robert. Hey, you I'm just fucking. I'm, 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 a, I'm a fan of the art. What the? What, what did I do to you? What do you do to me? You, you, you. What did I do? You know what you did. I'm just eating what's already frozen. Look, this motherfucker. It's not like I did it myself. <laughs> this absolute motherfucker. I think it's a it's a sin not to consume just because it's frozen. Anyway, she also gets a uh, meat cleaver. So once again, with the weird meat fetish with this fucking movie, and they they use that to cannibalize the the police and everything so and that, that's what ultimately leads to them uh, finally saying fuck this shit like uh, they they burn down the uh the, they, they they initially go and uh 
they desecrate the uh, marbles household and then uh, the marbles are burning down their fucking house as well yeah they're just dude i'm telling you this is like a leather face family yeah but yeah but <laughs> going back to the birthday party one of the uh, more interesting segments happens here where we have this singing asshole who is actually credited uh l- l- let me bring up the uh, actors uh name here he's literally uh, credited as the singing asshole like literally let, let me let me look here david gluck david gluck he is the singing asshole and he's this i guess he's a contortionist or whatever and he has quite a uh quite a bit of control over his uh anal uh anal faculties yeah, coke, needless to say coke bottles coke Oh my God, Robert! Old-fashioned Coke bottles. God damn it, Robert! God damn it, man! The glass is thicker. (sighs) Is this going to devolve into some kind of one guy, one jar bullshit? Is that what's going to happen? I don't know. I mean, you know. Uh, Oh yeah, no (laughs) kidding. We've seen some stuff. I I'm sure you've seen that video, right? You know, one guy, one jar. Oh my God! Empty jar, broken glass. Thermometer. Oh yes. Ugh. Jesus like, Christ, dude. A thousand ways to die with thermometers and what else? I've seen stuff done with vegetable oil. Wow. <laughs> Go on, Robert. Go on. What else have you seen? <laughs> okay, no, yeah, no, 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 no. Oh, oh, here we are. Team Rocket blast off the speed of light. Fucking <laughs> for the the marbles. It's like, yeah, uh David Lockery has blue hair, uh, Mink Stoll has red hair, so yeah, it's totally Jesse and James. One hundred percent. Oh yeah. <laughs> Surrender now. Prepare to fight. Meowth. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Channing the Butler. He's uh, he's the uh, he he's the Meowth. It's definitely like. And there, and there, there's a scene where he's caught uh, cross dressing in uh, Connie's uh, uh, dress and everything, and uh, th- he's like uh, saying a bunch of uh, stuff that they said uh, while they were having sex and everything or having their weird toe sex or whatever. Oh, the Tarantino stuff. Yeah. Exactly. And uh yeah, they 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 berate him for it and they lock him up and uh for his efforts Channing is released by Divine whenever they raid uh, the uh, Marbles home and he's summarily castrated by the women that are being kept in the human trafficking uh dungeon. So poetic justice. Hey, you know in in the end Divine and uh, her son, they're at least slightly more okay people because they released the uh, human trafficking hostages and gave them the knife that they used to castrate Channing. So they're slightly better than, uh, yeah, the, the marbles. Slight, slightly better. Wow, this is going to be a fucked up episode, isn't it? God damn it. Makes me want to find more, like... Indie, artsy, underground stuff, really. Oh yeah, definitely. Like I mean, th- this like, is... I was, like I was telling you, dude, this will give us a reason just to stay up all night again. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Oh uh, yeah, definitely. And uh, I don't know, dude. I feel like I'm so lazy now that I'm in my damn thirties. <laughs> I know. Tell me about it. I'm in my forties. I'm just like, I oh, god damn it, I gotta get up in the morning yeah. and go to mm-hmm. shit. Damn it. Like I had so much drive in my twenties, bro. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so fucking lazy now. Well, Robert, that's a personal issue. No, I think it's like somebody being in their 30s, really. Robert, are you suffering from low testosterone? Maybe. 
Has your testosterone plummeted, Robert? I don't know. I mean, I know I've seen you when you were like 35. You're like, oh. <laughs> well, okay. Okay. Well, here I am in my 40s now. I met you when you were 35. You're like, uh, okay, life. <laughs> it's like, uh, life. It's like, hey, bro, want to start a podcast? At least it'd be yeah, fun. I remember that. It was like, and at least it'd be better than doing what we're doing. It looks like life already got you. Already knew what it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, gee, thanks, Robert. Oh, uh, wow. I, I, I guess I'm already that kind of old or whatever. Well, no, it's like, uh, I guess I was an old man back then or something. No, but I saw like, dude, why even try so hard anymore? It's not going to get you anywhere. Jesus. But uh, I don't know. I believe that. Well, you could uh, learn how to control your asshole and become a singing asshole. No, dude. I, hey, I, you, hey, you got an got IMDb credit for it. I mean, credit. <laughs> that, that's an awesome credit, right? <laughs> no, but I believe that the brown nosers fuck it up for the rest of us just trying to go to work, you know? Oh, wow. Jesus Christ, Robert. That's why we're like, oh, whatever. I'm not going to kiss your ass, right? <laughs> wow. You know what I'm saying. How many jobs you had, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I- anyway, Pink Flamingos. Pink Flamingos. Know. Flamingos. Pink Flamingos, yeah. Uh, I think that the uh, last truly infamous scene to really talk about in this movie is, of course, the final scene, which is absolutely real. It really happened. And uh, it was, it's when Divine is, uh, they're, they're about to head out of town, apparently to Boise, Idaho. And they come across a dog defecating on the ground, and Divine absolutely, positively eats real dog shit. Now, apparently the way that they did that is, they, they really planned it out. Apparently they uh, fed the dog, like, raw meat for, like, three days, yeah. which is also disgusting as fuck. Uh, and then they, they, they followed this dog for around for like almost four hours until it finally decided to take a shit. And uh, then they got the uh, shot and everything. And uh, yeah, he, he, Divine absolutely ate real dog shit. And, and, and that's like one of the most infamous scenes of this movie. It was real. It, no, was, she, it was in one take. It, in one, one take, absolutely. That's all, that's all you knew it was real. It was the yeah. dog shitting and then eating it. Just absolutely just pack, picked it up and ate it. Just popped it in her mouth and just went went to town. Felt like something Chris Pontius would do. You know? And honestly, doesn't that just kind of say something about, you know, America? It's America, bro. Look. Yeah. But it, it's like, I mean, that, that's, that's the penultimate... Uh, way to end an American movie like this. It's just somebody eating shit. You know, that that is just poetic. So In so many ways, that's just how this movie is. It's just po- poetry. It's the Shakespeare. Shakespearean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, in, it, it's Shakespearean in a very kitschy, kind of campy way. You know? Absolutely campy in every way. And, I mean, the production of this movie... I mean, you for one, you could tell that conditions were not really ideal on set because you could literally see the actor's breath in a lot of these shots. You know, it had to have been freezing fucking cold for it to be. Somebody's going to get pneumonia, right? No, absolutely. Shit. Yeah. I mean, they apparently they had no running water. They had no, they only had electricity to maybe set up some lights here or there. I mean, they, they had inadequate food and everything. 
Get some, it, get some heaters going on the background or something. I know, right? I mean, for fuck's sake, Divine herself is uh, in, a, in a goddamn bra most of the time, you know? It's like, and poor Edith Massey, she had to have been freezing her ass off, you know, smeared in fucking eggs, you know, Even, because, oh, yeah. yeah, it's just that whole thing where she's just eating eggs and then she marries the egg man, which is just odd as fuck. I, I don't understand. It's like, Maybe there is some symbolism there, you know, that I don't know what kind of symbolism there is of, you know, Divine's mom just sitting there eating nothing but eggs. Man, everybody's half naked. I'd be drinking some hooch to try to stay warm. Right? I know, right? You know, yeah. I, like drink some straight up fire whiskey. Like some. Or something, right? Yeah, yeah. Something to keep get warm. Some, get, a, get some going. Yeah. But I mean, apparently everybody except John Waters himself involved, they still had day jobs that they had to go and work in, in order to make this movie and everything, you know? Actors, every actor has got another job. That's, that's the truth. That, yeah, that's how it is. Exactly. Yeah, and but John Waters, he was, he was able to actually, you know, devote a good amount of his time towards this movie. I mean, and he uh, produced it. He directed it. He wrote it. He edited it. And uh, when the uh, cameraman that he hired eventually started to get a little too squicked out with what he was filming, he was just like, fuck it. I'm going to film it as well. So this is pretty much almost like a one-man show, almost kind of Neil Breen style a little bit. Like, I mean, he, he did a little bit of everything short of actually appearing in the movie. And, well, he, he does kind of because he... Uh, He's actually uh, the narrator throughout the movie, which is kind of a weird little tangential part of the movie and everything. Like, and but he adds a cool campy vibe to it. That's you know, it's, it's really kind of uh, over dramatic and just you know, just really kind of an interesting flair to it. If you if you get what I'm saying, yeah, know? dude. Like, and apparently he had to do that because uh, he, he wanted a local Baltimore uh, uh, radio uh, disc jockey to do it. But I guess uh, he, uh, he just couldn't uh, schedule it correctly. So he, he was just like, no, I guess I'm going to have to do this as well. So, yeah, he did the narrative voiceover in his own movie as well. So he pretty much did. He even set up the lighting himself. So he did practically almost everything you could do with one person and making a movie basically before John Carpenter. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Well, this would have been around the same time as Carpenter. Uh, 73. Carp you know, Carpenter, Carpenter was probably bubbling under the surface around this time. Yeah. He had his first film around that time. It, yeah. it was just like a student film, right? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. And then in 78, he would release Halloween. Halloween. I mean, he had several films, even like TV movies going. Like, dude, there was one TV movie going at the same time Halloween was going. I got to show it to you. I, I tried really? to bring it over here. It wasn't working, right? Oh, I think I know which one you're talking about. I was about. like, dude, yeah. this is released at the same time Halloween, but it was released for mo for the uh, t television. Oh, okay. Before Halloween came out. God, what the fuck? It was like Stranger or something. I don't know. It's kind of like a When a Stranger Call type of thing, you know? But we'll, we'll find a good copy and we'll watch it again. Absolutely. Yeah, sounds good. Because that's, that's something I've been meaning to show you. Like, God dang. Yeah. Honestly, we should check out uh, quite a few more of John Waters' uh, movies because he made some other notable films. I mean, of course, he made uh, Crybaby. 
Uh, he also made uh, Hairspray, which was made into a Broadway show as well. Uh, he made uh, Female Troubles, uh, and he made a few other movies, uh, multiple maniacs that are on the Criterion Collection right now, including this movie, Pink Flamingos. You can get it on the Criterion Collection. Uh, and also he made the all-time great classic comedy Serial Mom. Have you ever, have you ever seen Serial Mom? No, I don't think I have. Oh, dude, I, th I think it has Kathleen Turner in it. Bro, you need to see that movie. That movie is hilarious. Like, the, it's uh, the, this uh, family's uh, stepmom, I guess, is like a serial killer. Oh, God. Like, like a, a really manipulative ser serial killer as well. But it's all played for laughs and everything. Black Widow chick. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's absolutely played for laughs. Probably the closest thing that uh, John Waters has gotten to, like, horror comedy. Kind of like the Heathers was all weird. <laughs> yeah, kind of in, the, in that same way. It's kind of like the, the Heathers. Yeah. It's like, dude, the freaking... Kind of like Heathers a little bit. The sarcasm or just the humor of that. And, of course, John Waters has uh, popped up in some other uh, works. Like, he, uh, for, for a little while, he uh, was in some of the Jackass movies. Yeah. Like, like, if you remember the magic trick, you know, with Wee Man and that uh, really big uh, obese lady. And also, uh, we saw uh, one, a uh, skit that they did with uh, Pontius and uh, Steve-O called uh, Bell, where they were, like, bellhops, and they had, like, uh, assless chaps on and shit. But, of course, had John Waters there. They got for MTV, VH1. I know, right? Damn. And, of course, John Waters was in, uh, I, I think it was either Bride of Chucky or Curse of Chucky. I think, it was, he, uh, I think it was Curse of Chucky. It was the right? Seed of Chucky, right? Seed of Chucky, yeah. He was yeah. in Seed of Chucky. He played a, a journalist yeah. in that one. He gets, he gets killed by, uh, I forget who he gets killed by. Where he's taking, like, pictures of, like, Chucky jerking off in the window. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, yeah, I think he gets killed by Chucky. I don't think that uh, his wifey is there. But uh, I don't know. It's been a long time since I've seen that movie. I don't, I don't know if his wife killed him or not. But anyway, yeah, I mean, John Waters is pretty much just an icon in so many ways. He's an icon of independent filmmaking. He's an icon in queer communities. And... Honestly, he's he's a really cool guy. It, it, it seems like you know, he just has a very flippant, don't give a fuck attitude about everything, and just has a really morbid sense of humor and whatnot. I mean, he he's he's an absolute treasure. Dude, I always thought he looked like Steve Buscemi. They almost could be brothers. I know, you know? right? It seems like they could be related. Some. I'm like, dude, you guys look the same. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I don't know. I would say John Waters looks a little better than Steve Buscemi. Yeah, John Waters is a little more attractive. Steve, Steve Buscemi in the 80s where we had his hair slicked back, though, I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, right? when he was younger. The young Steve Buscemi. Young Steve Buscemi, yeah. yeah. You know, that's nothing to slouch over. Nah. You know? Had a good set of hair. Look. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, John Waters is just a just an all-around great filmmaker. You know, he, he's, just, he's had some very interesting movies, you know, that that really kind of really leaned into the, you know the kitschy uh, the kitschiness of Americana itself, you know. But anyway, I guess so we could go ahead and start wrapping this episode up now. Uh, Robert, what are your final thoughts on Pink Flamingos? Um, not bad, you know, for the first time seeing this movie. I mean, I think we kind of grew up at the wrong times, you know. what I mean. Yeah, it seems that like, way. I, f I feel like we should have seen it when it first aired, like, 
you know, at the drive-ins or like a New York s- stage or something. Like, I don't know. For some reason, like, like you know, like, we were born at the wrong time, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Ima- imagine being in the crowd that first uh, screened this movie. Yeah. Definitely, man. Yeah, definitely. But as far as my uh, final thoughts on this movie, this movie is grotesque. It is debauched. I mean, I'll keep it, I'll keep watching stuff like this. Absolutely, uh, yeah. It, it's debauched. It, it it's it's insane. It's it's graphic. It's gritty. It's absolutely hilarious. It's trashy. It's artistic. It's Shakespearean, but also lowbrow as fuck. And honestly, this movie is American as fuck. This American. is the most this is the most American fucking movie ever made. Like I, I stand by that. This movie is it just really encapsulates everything about the American zeitgeist of that's always permeate permeates any era, be it the seventies, the eighties, the nineties, two thousands. It's just always that undercurrent of just sleazy, trashy craziness, you know. And in a way, look look where we're at now. We always were that America. Just maybe not nearly as queer friendly as previously thought, you know, with, uh, yeah, with the whole, uh, you know, MAGA problem. But that, that's uh, something that we won't get into right there. But yeah, this movie is American as fuck. It's, it's everything that America is about. And if you are a true, uh, true American, if you, if you love just drinking some beer, and just to be like, hell yeah, and everything. <laughs> this is the movie to watch. This is the movie that, that, that just makes you stand up and just be proud to be an American. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and I guess there's a scene where uh, Divine, uh, Divine son sucks her son off or something. And, yeah, it's very graphically shown and... Yeah, we totally see some head being given in this movie. A lot of head. Oh, yeah, lots, lots of head. Lots of the head. Lots of head. So, Robert, I guess that we uh, need to get uh, Texas Sundown uh, wrapped up, right? Yeah, I'm just waiting on Ash. You know, he's at a wedding right now throwing footballs around. Yeah, he's throwing foot- He's in his suit throwing footballs around because it's a great American game. Great American game. You know, great, great American game, <laughs> Greg, you know. He's at a wedding right now with with Zach. Zach's getting married. Yeah, is that Zach from uh, Collateral Gaming? Which congratulations to Zach. Congratulations, buddy. Congratulations, he is part. He is part of the Collateral family. So, yeah, we're we're sorry that we couldn't be there, but uh, yeah, hell yeah, man. It's like congratulations. Uh, we hope you and your wife are doing well, and we wish you the best. Yep. Hell yeah, bro. Hell yeah. And yeah, Ash, hurry up and get Texas Sundown done. We we need to get this movie out already. Yeah. I was thinking uh, I need to go through it again. There's like a few more cuts that we need to do. Just just slight little cuts. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, we could always kind of clean it up a little bit. Yeah. You know? I mean, I'm, I'm still kind of interested in what the what we have so far. Yeah, so. That's, that's what I was saying. Like, bring it over here and we'll decide which cuts to take it from. Like, exactly. Just slight you know? cut. They're just like within like, you know, barely a tenth of a second, really. Just, you know? Yeah. But if you want to... Uh, if you want to check out the teaser trailer for Texas Sundown, 
We have it on our TikTok, which uh, we uh, started not too long ago. Um, so yeah, follow us on TikTok, and uh, yeah, uh, we have the trailer there. I believe that we'll we'll start uh, showing it on Instagram and also on uh, Twitter and everything. We'll start showing it there as well as as we get closer to release time. Oh yeah, oh, and yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm really looking forward to getting this movie done and getting it out. I really am. We need I'm, to. We got to move on to other things. And... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we have some other uh, things in store for the uh, film branch of Collateral Media. Yes, yeah, uh, it, it's the thing is juggling, you know, the the podcasting and the filming. Yeah, I mean that's and and the writer's block. <laughs> no, yeah, but you know that's generally why we have six months in between seasons. Yeah, that's Robert. that's why we have that. But it's all your fault too. Oh, you're gonna blame me for this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna blame you. Oh, for, I'm getting blamed. Yeah, I gotta blame somebody. You know? Wow, I'm being made the scapegoat. Yeah, I gotta blame somebody. Motherfucker, and, it's coming up under collateral media. And you're not, I am collateral media. And you're not damn looking it. good. You're not looking good now, so. This motherfucker. God damn it. We had to hold back the release dates because of your podcast, you know? <laughs> what the fuck ever, <laughs> What the fuck ever, Robert? That, that's bullshit. That's absolute bullshit. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, look, at, look for our teaser trailer for Texas Sundown on our TikTok. And, uh, yeah, look for it coming out very soon. Maybe at the very least we could have it out after the first of the year or something. I don't know. Damn it. Maybe before then. Damn it. Maybe we could make it a holiday release. Okay, I'm just going to, you know, keep postponing the release day. I can't tell anybody this when it's coming out. This motherfucker. Okay, I just can't tell anybody when it's coming out. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you're supposed to do with movies, Robert. You're supposed to... I was telling people like three weeks ago, I didn't think it'd be this long. This motherfucker. Damn, man. Yeah, well, anyway. It's all your fault. Uh, yeah, with Collateral Cinema, our uh, next episode is going to be focused on Rocky Three, and we are going to be joined by uh, Derek from Hindsight Movie Reviews and Ratchet Book Club podcast. Uh, yeah, we were originally supposed to have that uh, recorded a long time ago, but uh, Robert and Ash decided that uh, to do other things that night. So Yeah, we got drunk. It was awesome. And, uh, this motherfucker. I think we went to KFC or we got some sort of chicken wing. Shame. We did, Shame we did something. Shame on you. But Shame. I think I remember Spider-Man 2 was involved. Yeah. Wow. This motherfucker. Watching Breaking Bad and Cobra Kai, you know. So you slacked off. Yeah, that's what you're saying. You slacked off, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, Robert. Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> God damn it. But yeah, look for Rocky 3 uh, coming up with uh, Derek from Hindsight Movie Reviews. And in December, that's going to be Bad Movie December. We're going to be checking out uh, Neil Breen's Twisted Pair because, you know, we've got to do a Neil Breen movie. It's practically a tradition now, you know, especially now oh, that yeah. he follows us. You know? Neil Breen. And we will be doing The Wicker Man, who I, I believe that we'll be joined by uh, Vern from Cinema Recall on that one. Makes you want to watch the album now, Iron Maiden, Wicker Man, right? Exactly. Yeah. And and then also our Christmas uh, episode will be coming out featuring uh, Captain Nostalgia himself, Josh from uh, uh, Victims and Villains, and we will be talking about Eyes Wide Shut by Stanley Kubrick, starring uh, Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman, uh, Lily Sobieski, and other, uh, other people. So, yeah, look, look for that coming very soon. 
Uh, check out our uh, Patreon. We have uh, full-length uh, movie reviews there. We, we need to get more movie commentaries, I should say. We, these are reviews. <laughs> yeah, we have movie commentaries, and we should have uh, some other special content coming out. I, like, like maybe we can uh, pre-release the uh, pilot to uh, low-budget late night whenever we do it, or maybe do like a little preview of Texas Sundown or something like that. If ever, Bo. If ever, yeah. If ever. Well, Ash is still sitting on a uh, on, on a Morbius commentary. So, he, yeah, he, Ash, get that actually, out. He does a lot of work, though. He does do a lot of work. He does. We just need to get that out already. He's like, you know? he's like Stephen Hawking with a computer. That's true. Yeah, he does the editing, and we do appreciate him. But hurry up with Texas Sundown, Ash. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, <sighs> Follow us on Good Pods and uh, give us five star ratings on our episodes and help us uh, climb up the uh, up the weekly charts. Uh, right now, uh, we, we recently got as high as number twenty eight on the weekly TV, indie, film, and movie review uh, uh, list there on, on their chart. Uh, we're at the 58 right now. So, uh, yeah, go and follow us, give us a listen and, uh, give us a rating there and help us uh, climb the charts there and everything. And, uh, you can find us on uh, Apple podcast, on, uh, Spotify, on YouTube, on, uh, on, uh, chill lover radio, on, uh, tune in and wh- wherever else you get your podcast. If, if you can think of it, we are more than likely on it. And, uh, yeah, also check out our Buy Me a Coffee if you, if you uh, want to uh, help us out. Uh, we're, we are also uh, Podbean affiliates. Uh, if you uh, use our affiliate link and uh, sign up uh, with, the unlimited, uh, with the unlimited plan, you'll get one month of podcast hosting free. And uh, also check out our Spreadshirt uh, merch store. Uh, we have hats, we have coffee mugs, we have stickers, we have t-shirts, we have all kinds of uh, different types of apparel, and uh, now that the holiday season is coming up, if uh, you happen to have a uh, fan of the show uh, on your uh, on your uh, wish list, on your, on your present list or whatever, it's like definitely uh, get them a shirt or get them a coffee mug or something. Show them your appreciation and show us uh, your support as well. So... Find us, find that on Spreadshirt, and uh, yeah, uh, we're also on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Threads, and uh, well, Twitter is actually X, and, and we're also on Facebook. Yeah, join our Facebook uh, ship posting group. We we have all kinds of fun with that. Oh, it's great. And like I said before, uh, find us on TikTok as well, and uh, follow us there, and uh, like I said, check out our Texas Sundown uh, teaser trailer uh, there, as well as uh, as well as sneak peeks of uh, various other uh, episodes via Headliner. And uh, anything else to add, Robert? Nope. Sounds about it. Sounds about right. All right. So, right. with all of that said, I'm, I'm Crackers. I'm Robert Ortegon. <laughs> And uh, this is Collateral Cinema. Laters. No, I... <laughs> <laughs>